Times Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Nelson Fuentes, the owner and founder of Inverted Gear and also the head instructor and owner of Bamboo Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Abington, Pennsylvania. Uh, first, before we get started with our interview with Nelson, we just have to give a shout out to our two sponsors, Train, Dominate, and Rise. Even if you suck at jiu-jitsu, you can look great on the mats with com Rain kimonos, rash guards, and lifestyle apparel. Rain, R-E-I-G-N, Unlimited, has affordable, comfortable, and sleek jiu-jitsu apparel for everybody. Order your kimonos, rash guards, and BJJ lifestyle style apparel today at rainunlimited.com. Details clothing. Just to give you a little bit of background, Details is owned by my friend training partner, Kristen Hassan. She was a high rolling ad exec in New York City, living the high life in Manhattan, but then she discovered jujitsu. And then from there, she realized that, wait, nobody designed rash guards and spats for women, even though they are claimed to be women's. And what she did was she decided to start her own line of jujitsu gear for women by women. She went out, she learned all about textiles, materials, how women's curves work, and discovered what she feels is the perfect rash guard for women, designed by a woman who competes and finished second at Mundials. Uh, definitely check them out. There's a lot of great sales going on, on their site and great products at www.detailsclothing.com. Details is spelled D-E-T-A-L-E-S. Definitely check them out. Again, great apparel by a woman who competes and trains for women to compete and train. And now on to our guest, a very inspiring guest. He had a great blog post the other day that caught my attention. I felt like I really wanted to speak with him. Um, his name is Nelson Quentes. He's the founder and owner of Inverted Gear, BJJ Kimonos and Apparel as well as a jiu-jitsu black belt and owner of Bamboo Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Abington, Pennsylvania. Actually, Did quick, you, quick correction. Oh. Um, I don't own the academy anymore. I closed it. We was too much between like, the business and the uh, I'm, I'm getting feedback now. I wasn't before. Okay. Um, is it just lagging or? No, like I get, whenever I say something, like five seconds later, I hear myself. Oh, that's good now. All right. Is it, do you mind if we uh, start over again? Sure. But like we're good now. All right. Oh, up to you. Okay. You know what? Let's just go run with it. All right. Let's yeah, do it live. Do it live. My apologies because I saw your site for Bamboo Academy, but uh, hey, but we're... Hey, it's fine. No, no, yeah, yeah, no problem. Uh, no like you know, it got to the point where we really wanted to travel, and like you know, the 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 gear business was doing well. Like you know, Inverter Gear was doing really well. And we have a fulfillment company now. Like, you know, back in the day, I was shipping everything out of my parents' basement, but now we have a, a fulfillment company. Mm -hmm. So it is like, you know, uh, I got married. It's going to be three years next year. Uh -huh. Two years. I met my wife three years ago. Two years next year. And, like, you know, we're both young. And, like, you know, we don't have kids yet. So it was kind of like travel now or never. So we, we decided to close the academy uh, December last year. Uh, we train full time at BJJ United right now, uh, which is down the street from us. It's like you know, 15, 20 minute ride. And Jared Wine is an awesome instructor, and it's like a great group of guys over there. So it was definitely the right move. Like you know, my jujitsu's gotten a lot better now. Like you know, I'm training under someone instead of like you know, teaching all the time. So I, 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 I like you know, I've improved a lot thanks to Jared and his crew. All right. No, my apologies for um, because I did see the website up, and I was going to ask you how did you balance 
running a, a growing company and uh, jujitsu academy, both two startups at the same time. Yeah, man, he was he was tough. So <laughs> so we we had it going for about six months. Like you know, it was, it was like starting to like pick up. And then, like you know, made the decision that like it's not what I wanted. I always thought I wanted to run, like you know, run my own academy. Maybe I will down the road again. But at this point in my life, it's not there. Uh, I started teaching jujitsu when I was a purple belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you know, I was teaching from uh, at my at my instructor school, and then I started teaching at another school. And I was I was teaching every night since I was a purple belt until I was a black belt. And then like you know, I moved here, and then like I was teaching a few nights a week at my small school. And then I was spending time at Jared's school, like you know, the nights I was not teaching, and I, like you know, Jared opened the door for me, invited us, me and my wife to come train, and like you know, I got uh, I get along really well with everyone there, and it's just a great atmosphere, and it's a great group of guys, and so like you know, I started feeling guilty. I was like you know, not competing because I was like you know, much smaller, and I was like you know, far away down the road. That like you know, it wasn't direct competition with Jared, but like you know, it didn't feel right. So and also like really wanted to travel and like you know if the school grew anymore it was gonna get to the point where like you know I can't travel I have to like you know worry about covering classes any issues with the school or, like you know the building so we closed it up and I sold my mats and just been traveling all all over the place this year so it's been awesome. So how do you how many hours a day do you spend working how many? Um, how much of your time is training and traveling? How do you find that balance between everything? Is your business at this it's, point? Running yeah, it's, it's tricky because it's not the same every day, you know. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of times it depends uh, how close is the shipment. Like, you know, uh, when a shipment's coming in, like there's a lot of more work we got to do. Make sure, like, you know, we're contacting the factory and the warehouse, that the warehouse is ready, uh, dealing, dealing with uh, customs and stuff. Uh, a typical day... Uh, it looks something like that. We know we roll out of bed at 8 a.m. in the morning, have some coffee, uh, sit down in the office. We'll do email, and my wife will do some design work. I'll do email, contact the factory, make sure everything's on schedule. Uh, contact the warehouse if we have any issues. Make sure like you know the inventory is up to date. Um, look at the social media, see what like you know what we're gonna post. Uh, we've been working a lot more in the social media aspect lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the blog post you saw, we've been filming some more video. Uh, we have some really cool stuff coming up. Um, actually, hire the guys at Artichoke Media. Help me out a little bit, so they're like uh, communicating with a lot of the sponsor athletes we have. We have about 20 guys on the team, and they're gonna start like you know releasing more videos of them, like so competition video, technique videos, them training, pictures. Uh, if you guys follow us like on Instagram or Facebook, you, you've seen some of that. Uh, we have a lot more coming, and so eight till about eleven, we're in the office. Whatever we gotta do, like social media, uh, customer, you know, customer service, whatever emails we get over the night, and then eleven thirty, uh, around eleven, we stop. Eleven thirty, we go train uh, BGJ United. So eleven thirty to twelve thirty, we train. Uh, come back. Usually, we do like grocery shopping after we train. Uh, there's like a Whole Foods on the way back home. Cook something, eat. Uh, sit on the computer for another hour or two, depending on what we gotta do that day, and then whatever we need to do, you know, like we, if we're competing, if either my wife or me have a, a tournament or a super fight or whatever coming up, uh, we'll do a double session. So we train at the noon class and then the afternoon class at BJJ United. Um, depending on the day, if we're not if we're not competing, we might go to the gym instead of training twice a day because, like, you know. 
January runs some tough classes, so I can't do two a days like you know for weeks. I'll, I'll die. Mm-hmm. I have some really tough training partners, so like you know I'm I'm getting older. When I when I was when I was like you know early twenties, I could train hard uh, in the uh, in the afternoon, and then later at night. But now I can't do it anymore. So I only have so many training sessions I can do in a week now. I'm trying to take better care of myself. I've been dealing with some injuries lately. Um, and then we come back at dinner. That's it. So depending on the day, it might be somewhere like three six hours. And then like you know you. A lot of time it's kind of like I'll call it work because like you know I might be sitting on the couch and I uh, have an idea for, for a blog post, start writing down. Sometimes Hillary like you know doodles around with like uh, gi designs or t-shirts or whatever, stuff like that. But like you know it's a lot more relaxed now that we don't do the fulfillment. Um, when we just started, a lot of the time was just like you know packing the geese up and taking them to the post office. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot easier if you had stamps.com back then. We, well, we had Indesia, which is uh-huh. the same. It's like yeah. kind of like stamps.com uses like the Indesia API to work. So it's like, you know, same thing. But yeah, I mean, it's just like, the, like you know, you just get in the label, finding the right gear, putting it in the bag, put, like, you know, printing the, the packing slip, closing, putting the label on. That's the time consuming part. Like, you know, printing the label is not a big deal. And like, you know, uh, well, we're like in the my parents' basement, also known as the old warehouse, which is like, you know, it was really tight. A lot of times, like you know, especially when the geese just came in, like you know, once once everything's organized, it's fine. But like you know, the first day when like you know you need an A zero, and it's like, where's the box with the A zeros? It's like 50 boxes, and like the the, the gee boxes are heavy. They're like 50 pounds each box. You know, there's like 10 geese in there. There's like 10 feet. There's a, somewhere between 10 and 14 geese, depending on the size. So some of the some of the some of those boxes up to like sixty pounds. So like you know, just moving all these giant boxes in a confined space, trying to find the right size so we like you know you can start shipping all of them. So it was definitely an adventure. It's definitely like you know it was it was hard work. Like you know, I glad I'm glad we're past that, and like you know, I definitely enjoy enjoy like you know. I appreciate what I do now, and like you know, I appreciate like my lifestyle now compared to how it was back then. Like, but we had, like, you know, I'm glad I went through what I did to get here. But, like, you know, it's it's just different now, and a lot, like, you know, we, I think we're we're past the the tough part, so to speak. So right now, it seems like you live a really ideal yeah, balance. Yeah, like, uh, I'm, I'm hearing some echoes here. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's like, you know, we try, like, you know, we try to balance, uh, like, make sure we get our training in. Like, you know, uh, my wife's a black belt also. She she won like a world championship of blue and purple, like gi and no gi. She's like super like you know, she accomplished a lot. She still likes to be competitive, so like you know, we definitely jujitsu is important to both of us. Competition is important to both of us. So like you know, we like to stay sharp. So we can go even like even if we're really busy, we make sure we have time to get at least one training session a day and we're both much happier that way. If not we get cranky if we don't train. And how many hours were you working during the startup phase versus um, now? It seems again you have balance, but how long were the days in two, back in 2012 when you're working out of your parents' basement? Man, like 2012 was a crazy year, especially at the beginning. Like even before the geese were made, when I was like contacting factories and stuff, I would stay up all night because, like you know, uh, Pakistan is kind of like reverse. Mm-hmm. 
So they uh, night night here is like day over there. So I would stay up until midnight, and usually that's when like the factory is starting getting back to me. So I would stay up until like three four a.m. so I could get like a few uh, email exchanges with the factories. Yeah, and for those that don't know, because I traveled to the Far East and I also lived in the New York New Jersey area, um, it's around for Pakistan probably a thirteen hour time difference between. Yeah. So right now. Uh, your time, you're at noon. It's probably around 12 to 2 a.m. right there, right, yeah. right now. So it, it, and also in my past life, I used to have to deal with uh, computer programmers in India. So I would be doing these weird, awkward teleconference calls at 9 p.m. at night, which was, uh, I think, their morning right when they got to the office. It was just a pretty chaotic lifestyle for me, at least during that. Yeah, period. I had I had a few late night Skype calls myself as the shipment got near, and like you know, he's. It was awkward because, like, you know, I was a headphone and pajamas on, and then, like, you know, whoever was talking about the fact that we had a suit on. <laughs> what was also crazy for me back then when I was doing that, being a pro project manager for a tech company, was that they, the, the, uh, the ac English accents in those parts of the world are very thick, and I, they would give this long explanation on why something wasn't working or why something was delayed. In a very technical terms, and then I couldn't understand what they were saying. So, and I'd be, like, "Can you repeat that whole thing?" And they, they would get frustrated. Did you run into that issue too? Uh not too much. The only, the only guy I like a teleconference in has like his accent is not too bad. Uh, he's the guy we work with, but like you know, I feel the factories is like you know, you whoever your contact person is, as like you know, my speak English, but he doesn't really speak English. You know, so a lot of stuff gets misunderstood. Like I mentioned on the blog, like. One factory, you just like fix the panda for no reason. Like you know, had to like right side up. They didn't get the whole inverted thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioned. But, that. Yeah, like all the logos say inverted gear, and it's like upside down panda. They're like, oh no, they. It's the first time they're doing this. They're they they're like you know they messed this up, so they flipped it. <laughs> yep, the panda should be on all fours. But yeah, it's it's part of the growing pains. Um, of starting a company, the learning experiences, and it seems like you've really mastered that curve a lot to a point where you got you and your wife are right now living that very balanced lifestyle. But going back to um, 2012, um, just just uh, you 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 really were just teaching at that point. You dropped out of college. What did your parents say when you decided to drop out of college? <laughs> My mom hasn't gotten over it yet. <laughs> she still brings it out from time to time, even though, like, you know, I'm, I have a successful company, like, you know, I'm married, I'm, I'm doing okay. She still wants me to go back to school and get a degree for whatever reason, like, you know, that's her dream, have both her kids graduate. Uh, my sister is, like, a doctor of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, she, we, like, you know, we're pretty high achievers, I guess, like, me and my sister. Um, and, like, you know, just... They like they were. She always thought I was gonna go back and eventually graduate. So they they she get, they gave me space uh, do the jujitsu thing, and I was working. So like you know it wasn't like I was hanging out at home doing it doing nothing. Mm -hmm. I was working a part time job. So what my schedule looked like while I was starting Gear was I would I would uh, get up in the morning. I would go teach a nine a.m. class. So I would teach from like nine a.m. to ten thirty. Uh, go home, shower, um, drive to my part-time job. I would be at the part-time from like 11 until 5. Uh, go home, grab my gi, go teach uh, 6 p.m. beginners, teach 7 to 8.30 the advanced class, 
and then go home and work on inverted gear from like you know nine to three a.m. or whatever. And like that's like the first few months of the company. That's what it looked like. Wow, that's a pretty hectic schedule back then. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. And it initially started because your students want a Nelson Puentes Jiu Jitsu T-shirt. Um, yeah. Were you at your own school renting out space? Were no, I, I I was never renting out space. Um, I lived in North Plainfield, and there was like this like lifting gym that closed down, and then, like the the building was empty for like a year or two, and then like I like, you know it was like on the main street of the town. I remember driving by all the time. You're like, oh man, this would be an awesome spot for a Jiu Jitsu school. I was like, man, when I get my black belt, they're gonna open my school here. It was like there was like nothing in the area at the time, and I like you know when I started, I had to like drive an hour towards Pennsylvania or an hour towards Newark to train. So there was like nothing in the area, and like I, that, was, that was like my dream. And then one day, like this like sign goes, I was like, MMA school coming soon. I was like, oh, somebody stole my dream. <laughs> so I, so like you know somebody scooped my spot. And the guy that opened the school, his name is Mike Gilliam. Uh, we're like great friends now. I still, like, you know, I don't teach there anymore. I'm still in contact with him. He he wanted to be affiliated with Alliance. Uh, my instructor, like, ran Alliance New Jersey at the time. So he came to the school, asking Kevin, my instructor, said, hey, like, you know, I'm opening a school in North Plainfield. Uh, we want to have a jiu-jitsu program. Like, would you be interested in teaching there? And Kevin is like, oh, like you know, he's a he's a business owner. He runs Rikers Painting, like a very big uh, painting company in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's like you know, I have my hands full. Like you know, I barely, I barely make it into this place. Like you know, much less can go teach somewhere else. But like you know, talk to one of my students. Like Nelson is a purple belt. He can teach for you. He's like, you know, he's talked to him. I'm sure he'll be interested. So uh, I met Mike. Like you know, we like talked a little bit. He offered me the job. I told him like you know what I told you. How like you know. Like teaching there was kind of my dream, and that's how it started. And like you know, it's it was like uh, it was very popular at the beginning uh, when we just when like when that school just opened in North Plainfield it was called uh, North Plainfield Fight Club. Uh, they changed the name to Max Athletics now. Uh, we moved around buildings a few times. They're in Dundalon now. Uh, my friend Dave runs the program. He's an awesome instructor. He's a brown belt. Uh, we started training at the same time, and. That's how I started training. He, so I, like you know, I was just like an employee. I, I just got paid a salary. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't have to, do, I didn't rent out space or anything. Mm-hmm. So, so it was like, so it's doable because like you know, I just had to show up, teach. That's so it, it wasn't an alliance affiliate you're teaching at, but yet the students were loyal to you and loved you that they wanted yeah. your own shirt. Yeah, like we, we, we like we wore alliance patches, but on top of that, like you know, next to the alliance patch, they wanted something else. Kind of like how there's a Cobrina logo, but yeah, yeah yes, exactly. And what what made you uh, decide to go with the panda logo initially? Was it because everybody loves pandas? Or? Uh, mm, so you know, you know that sweep when like you have close guard and the guy stands up and then like you wrap both of your legs around the legs and then you sit up, so yeah. you're hugging the legs and with your legs and your arms and then like you know you take him over. So I was teach I, I taught a series from there like you know a sweep and a back take and we called it panda guard. Like I seen it called panda guard, koala guard. Um, that's like another weird Portuguese name I forget, and I taught it, and my my students were like obsessed with it, and like I remember I was competing. Uh, I forget what it was. It might have been like that with Avi trials or something. A purple belt, and like they started screaming, like you know, we got to that position, like you know, I got close guard, the guy stood up, and like had his knees together, like trying to open my guard, and like my students were screaming, like oh panda guard, panda guard, panda guard, and, like I hit the sweep and they went crazy, and like you know, thought I called him a big panda. 
and that's an ideal sweep, especially if you have a wrestling background. Is that uh... dude? It's like it's like super underutilized. Like it works. It's great. Like I still like you know it's not like my go-to or anything, but like you know the situation is there. I go there all the time. And you're from North Plainfield, that entire region of um, Union, Middlesex, Somerset County area, New Jersey. That's a big wrestling hotbed. And yes. where were your students? <laughs> they liked it because it was pretty adaptable if you're a wrestler to use that type of guard work, type of suite. Yeah, I mean, like most of my students were not wrestlers. Uh, my my friend, uh, actually, my friend Dave, who I mentioned before, who runs a school now, uh, like we wrestled in high school together, and like he's the one that got me into jujitsu. Because like you know we miss we miss the mat like you know we miss grappling uh or or high school coach Jim Miller it was like you know he had like this contagious love for the sport the guy was like an encyclopedia about wrestling and he's like he's loved wrestling and you you could tell like you know the guy is like on his forties he's still teaching high school uh coaching high school wrestling and he just loves the sport and like you know he kind of like gave us a little spark and then like you know. After we graduated, both uh, Dave and I got like a few offers to wrestle in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, or coach talked us out of out of it, and I'm glad he did. I, I don't think I would have enjoyed uh, college wrestling. Is like you know, it's such a commitment. It's like such a hard lifestyle. And I really miss grappling. And then like you know, we run into uh, Abu Dhabi highlights. Uh, like you know, 2007, Abu Dhabi was in New Jersey. Yeah, Trenton. Uh, and Trenton. Yeah. So like randomly, like you know, I forget what I was even doing on YouTube. Like you know. Uh, Abu Dhabi matches showed up. I was like, "What is this?" I thought it was wrestling, so I started watching it, and then like you know, so Marcelo, he's like on dragon and like choking everybody unconscious. So that sparked their interest. Started talking about it, and like he got me into it. And but sorry, go ahead. And you initially signed up for your first submission grappling tournament without any formal training, then decided to start training a month yeah. out. Is that correct? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is Dave's fault as well. Uh, my friend Dave, he he calls me like you know we we had that conversation like oh we should check that out and like we looked at a few schools but like nothing came of it, and then like you know a few weeks goes by he calls me like on Friday at midnight he was like uh he was like he was like working as a ballet at the time we were in college, he's like hey he's like somebody told me about this tournament in four weeks uh we should do it I was like what tournament what are you talking about he's like oh that jujitsu thing that grappling thing he's like we should do it. I was like, okay. So then the next day, like, you know, grapplesquest.com, we signed up. And then we started looking for a school to go train on Monday and figure out this whole jiu-jitsu thing. How do you do with that tournament? I uh, took third, Dave took first. All right, and we did, uh, we did white belts. Uh, we did gi, we did white belt. We trained, we trained for a month. Uh, my friend Dave Ellis, uh, Cranford Judo Club. Did you get pretty? Uh, would you get subbed out in that? Where did you get put in any positions? Oh, where, dude, I got like the, the most painful submission of all. Like I've experienced, the guy went for like a rear naked choke, but he was like on my jaw, and somehow like his forearm slipped into my mouth, so my lip was caught between his forearm and my teeth, and so I had like a giant bruise the next day. And the guy just like cranking on my jaw, so I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> So I took their, like, you know, I fought, uh, that was like the semifinal, and then I fought for their plays. I think I won on points. I think I had like one submission that day. And I fell in love, man. Like, you know, I, like, you know, just like this is a great feeling. Not a bad start cause, uh, considering bronze medal and then where it's led you to being an entrepreneur, meeting your wife. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like I talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, like, you know, Jiu-Jitsu changed my life, but. If I didn't train, like, you know, I can't, at this point, like, you know, eight years down the road, I can't even imagine my life 
what my life would be like if I didn't train. Like I don't like I have no idea what my profession would be. I have no idea what like you know if I'd be married or not because I would never met my wife. I'd probably be fat because I love eating way too much and jujitsu is the only thing that keeps me in shape. Mm -hmm. No, that's no. It really is um, awesome though that you're able to change your life and really get inspired through jujitsu in so many different ways. Um, back to the T-shirt though. You printed up your T-shirts and you said I read in your blog that people were coming up to you in, at tournaments and events saying, "Hey, yeah. where did you get your T-shirt at?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Hey, it's like, are you Nelson?" Because like my students would like point him out to me. Yeah. Like, hey, are you Nelson? He's like, "Yeah." It's like, "Can I buy one of your T-shirts?" I was like, "You sure?" Like, you know, it has my name on it. And, like, he had like the inverted pan in the front and then the back said Nelson Puentes Jiu-Jitsu. I think I might have. Eh, no, I think we have any left. But like you know, we had like I still had like a few floating around for like the first batch. We printed out like fifty at a, like a local print shop. But yeah, I mean, my wife like my wife had like uh, when when we met like you know it's been like a, uh, almost a year since I started the company, and like she she grabbed the last the last small of that original batch, and that's like she she loves that thing. She's still worth it. How did it grow from? Uh T-shirt that you made just for your students into your first idea to evolve it into kimonos and making a first run, making additional T-shirts. Uh, okay. I was I was reading like a lot of business books at the time. You can actually see a few in the back. <laughs> I yeah. still have them there, and like you know, I'm always reading. And like having my own business was always like a goal of mine. Uh, my dad has been an entrepreneur for a long time. Like you know, he had a lot. He had his own like little businesses back when we lived in Chile, and then like now he's a business owner in the United States now. Um, but so I always thought like you know, like kind of following the model, like you know, being my own boss kind of thing. I always thought like you know, my vision was like you know, jujitsu school. I had my jujitsu school, like you know, be my own boss, was in my own hours kind of thing. Uh, I read uh, a bunch of business books, uh, four hour uh, four hour work week, Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a big inspiration, like, you know, talking about, like, lifestyle design, like, you know, being able to travel the world and all that stuff. And it's funny, like, you know, looking back, like, that's, like, you know, that really was a big, like, you know, planted a little seed. It's like, wow, like, maybe I can do this, like, you know. So that's one, like, you know, like, one of my students like, hey, like, how about you make geese with a panda logo? And so we started reaching out to factories, and the minimum order was, like, 100. And, like, you know, I had... 25 students, so the numbers didn't add up. So I was like, hey, like you know, maybe like you know, people really like the panda logo. Maybe they will like the panda logo on a gi, and I can sell geese. So decided to like ditch the like you know, get rid of the Nelson Point Jiu Jitsu, like you know, make it into a brand. Came up with an Gear name. Um, came up with an Gear logo, uh, and just designed the gi, and started contacting factories, and went from there. So you had 25 students. Did every student buy um, one of your geese. Yeah, like that. That was a big help actually, because like you know, I was I didn't have that much money. I like you know, like you know, I was I was teaching and I was working a part time job, but like you know, I had been going to school, like you know, paying some of my school bills. Like my parents were helping me out before, like you know, before I dropped out and like you know, took that break. Um, but like you know, money money was tight, so a lot of like you know, like I told my students, like, hey, like you know, it's what I'm doing. I'm doing like this panda logo. This is what the gi is gonna look like, and showed them the sample I have from the factory. So about like 15, I would say like 15, 20 of them pre-order, and I told them it's like, hey, like you know, like this is like the first order is gonna take like three months before it gets here. 
and all of them were cool with it and like you know supported me and helped me out and like you know ordered one. And like a lot, it's funny because like a lot of them still have that one like you know that one gi from the first batch. So you you pre-sold twenty five gis, but that's still seventy five gis to know to push out and sell. Yeah, and you're not. It's not gameness. It's not show your role at that point. How do you sell the other seventy five gis? Uh just patience. <laughs> it was like one a day, you know. Uh, we put up we put up the the invertedgears.com. Uh, one of my students helped me out with like the, the original web design. Uh, I paid him in geese and some cash because I was broke. And we put up like a Facebook page. He started like pushing the Facebook page a little bit. Uh, at the time, I remember like one one of the big early pushes we had was uh, Jason Scully, grapplesguy.com. Uh, Jason had uh, like like you know we had like an original giveaway for I think like one of our first T-shirts, like to get like you know people to like the fa uh, the Facebook page and like Jason like hit me up and said hey like I saw you doing this blah blah he's like I'm gonna share your blog on my page, and, like at the time he had, like he, like well he still does he's like you know it's a pretty big Facebook page. So he shared he shared the thing and then like you know we went from I think fifty to four hundred fans in like a night, and then like little by little like you know it was it it just stood out like you know it was different than every like you know what most brands were doing at the time, and little by little like you know people started ordering these ordering these ordering these and then like you know the pre-orders went out and then like you know people started wearing them to their gyms, uh, people liked it. Uh, I had a box. Before the the big shipment came, I had a box shipped ahead of time, so a few of my friends could wear it in my worlds, and people could see my worlds. Like you know, a few of them medal that year, like a purple belt and brown belt, and like you know, uh, Mike, like Mike Kalimbas took some awesome pictures. I contacted Mike. I was like, hey Mike, like you know, uh, we got introduced to a friend. Uh, I didn't have money to buy the pictures, so I sent like you know a bunch of geese and some t-shirts to Mike, and like you know, we still work with him. He's awesome. He takes awesome pictures. And like you know, that started creating the brand. And I think one of the things that's like stuck the most with people, like struck a chord with people, was or about page on the on the on the Facebook on the invertigear.com was like you know uh, talking talking why we started and what a lot of companies were doing back then was uh, pre-order and limited edition geese. So if you miss the window, you couldn't have it anymore. So we're like, okay, like you know, that's not what we're about. Like you know, you you'll have like you know, we'll release the geese, and then like you know, we sell out. We'll make more of the same gi, like you know, so everyone can have it. And it started talking about how we're not for tough guys. Like you know, it's like you know, just look at the logo. You can't be a tough guy when like you know, this upside down panda on your sleeve. And got like all these emails, like, oh my god, like you know, you you guys get me, blah blah. It's like you know, I'm not a tough guy, and you know, it works for people. People enjoy it. We get emails all the time. We had like five people tattoo their panda on their arms or their legs. So we like, you know, we get like, you know, we get like a request. So a few people like ask for permission first. So it's pretty funny. That, that's very interesting because a lot of times it's a copycat industry where, oh wait, show your old did this. We need to do that. What what gave you the courage to zig when everybody else was zagging, or the intuition to zig when everybody else was zagging with your marketing and philosophy, business philosophies? I, I like you know, it wasn't about like 
I just thought like you know the way the market was going like you know there was there was show your all and then they were like uh like you know I don't, like control came around the same time so like I wasn't even aware of control when mm. when we came out like you know control is like another key brand 93 brand was like starting to Manto Manto has always been doing awesome stuff for a long time and then there were the Brazilian brands and because of the exchange rate from reals to dollars like you know the the Brazilian brands w went from being like you know affordable to like $180, $200 in that time period. And then like all the American brands that were coming out were like kind of going towards the MMA tough guy route. And like I remember like talking to my friends about it and be like, dude, like I don't like their stuff. Or like, you know, whatever brand is like, I don't like that. They're going the affliction route. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, like I'll just make stuff I would wear. Or like, you know, I think like, you know, I, I connected enough to the community to know what people want. Mm -hmm. So it's just your own market research of your own students in the landscape yeah. of the community saying, wait a second, what they're putting out there isn't representative or what I think the, the, the market wants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another thing is like, you know, like the, because the way we did the logo is like, it, yeah, it's an animal logo and there's been like, you know, Jiu-Jitsu animal logos for a long time, but they were always like rooted out, like, you know, muscles busting out of the gi thing. Mm -hmm. So when we like you know we came with this panda like you know uh, the Baron Bolo was like I think beginning the height of his popularity, so everybody was aware of going upside down like you know connected going upside down with jujitsu. So when they saw the the panda upside down, immediately made the connection like ooh jujitsu panda, and everybody loved pandas. Mm -hmm. And you also wrote in your blog post about some of your missteps as far as. Um, Tariffs go or underestimating certain fees, um, having certain paperwork done, and oh, yeah, usually when you talk to certain entrepreneurs, they like to give you the highlight reel. Um, my second cousin, she's actually was raided by Forbes magazine. She's like one of the top ten most powerful women in in Silicon Valley, and she wrote an article for them, and it was actually her ten biggest mistakes in business, and she talked about all her failures in business, and that was kind of humbling because a lot of times you see these people. These very successful people, they just tell you about all their wins. Well, what would you say were, they say in jiu-jitsu there's no losing. There's only winning and learning. What were some of your three biggest learning experiences during the launch of Inverted Year um, that helped you grow as a business and as a person and businessman? Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, deadlines. Like when, when you deal with international shipping, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. <laughs> like, uh, like because like at the beginning, like you know, we we just started and we were like kind of forced to take pre-orders because people kept emailing us like, hey, I want one of the new geese. We're like, well, like you know, there's a second batch coming. It'll be available this day. They're like, can I pre-order? Can I please pre-order? Because I want to make sure I get one. Because like you know, like there was like no, it was like at the very beginning and like you know, a lot of the, like you know, uh, at that time, people were very comfortable with pre-orders because like a lot of big companies were doing it. So people would actually ask and like insist on taking pre-orders. So we're like, okay, we'll do pre-orders, and like you know, the factory will give you a date, and then like you know, you calculate how how long the shipping is gonna take. Uh, we're doing the shipping by plane, by uh, like you know, we're like air shipping them at the time, so like be a shorter. It would take a week instead of like you know, four weeks by sea. And like that, like that was a mistake. It was like you know, it was huge chunk of our profits were being lost on the shipping. And so we had to calculate the pre-order windows. Okay, like you know, the, the order goes in now. I'm gonna send the factory the deposit, and they're gonna start working on them. 
they say eight weeks, and then another week for shipping, another week for putting customs, uh, another week for cushioning, and then like you know we should have the be able to ship the keys by this date, right? We did that, and like you know we're two weeks away, and like geese haven't been finished at the factory. Factory had delays. Okay, factory had delays. They're finally gonna ship. Okay, they're they missed the plane in Kuwait for whatever reason. The shipment was left off the the plane in Kuwait, and then like you know they were just sitting in the airport in Kuwait for four days, and I'm like, <laughs> like you know, I was like my hands in my pockets, like there's nothing I can do. So we missed like you know we missed like fir the first time like you know the first two pre-orders we did like we missed the date. So like you know we email everybody, just let everyone know it's like hey uh, we had complications, it's not gonna be here on time. I'm not sure when it's gonna be here. It's gonna be like any anywhere between like a week and three weeks. We're sorry. Like you know if you want to cancel your order, we'll refund you. Um, if you want to stay, like you know, you want to keep it, uh, we will send you a free shirt. So design some free shirts. We had to do it twice. Uh, printed the shirts, added, added, add them to every order, and that was like you know when when you have like a hundred geese pre-sold, and then like you know this happens, and then like you know we had to like make a hundred shirts, and then we had to contact a hundred people asking about their sizes, and then make sure like the right shirt went with the right gee into the bag. That was that was a giant pain, but like you know people appreciated that like you know we. Like the customer service, and like you know, like we have a, like you know, 50% of our business is returning customers. So like you know, we're doing something right, and like you know, we've been doing we've been doing it for a while. That's why we're successful now. Now that's amazing, and a lot of people forget about the customer service. A few months ago, Storm Kimonos, we're probably just a month ago, Storm Kimonos had this huge sale on one of their um, sub brands. I think it's called Brazilian Fight Gear, where they were selling geese for forty dollars, and people are ordering them, and then on certain uh, jujitsu forums, they're saying that, hey, I ordered it, they never got back to me, uh, and just that lapse in customer service helps, if the product is good, it could help break that trust and relationship with the customers and prevent them from purchasing it if they have that poor experience. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a young guy at that point still, 24, 25 years old. What gave you the foresight to have that customer service? Did you read any books on it? Did you know that? Uh, actually, one, one book comes to mind. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk wrote this book called The Thank You Economy. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it's on the shelf like that. Yeah, there it is. Uh, an awesome book. If you run your own business, I highly recommend you read it. And yeah, like, you know, you're just taking, like, you know, a lot, of, like, especially the, the gear business, like the gear market. Most of the geek companies are working like this out of the same four or five factories in Pakistan. A few of them are in China now. But if you look just at the geese, like you know, uh, quality of the material, whatever, like you know, most brands, especially the, the better ones, we're working with like you know, same quality. Like you know, same quality. A lot of the brands have the same cut or cuts a little bit different. Uh, like you know, we have half sizes. Other companies don't have half sizes. But like if you use like you know, if you're a regular A2 across all brands, which a lot of guys are. Right. When it comes down to it, is like you know, are these guys gonna take care of me? And like you know, like if I deal with them, do I feel taken care of? And like you know, if I have a bad experience with a company, I'm not gonna come back and buy another gi. But like you know, we have guys that send us pictures and like now I have closets just full of panda gis, which is awesome. <laughs> you know, like I never thought, like you know, like I like I never imagined that like you know, like 
I be here now. I'm still like you know like you know wake up in the morning like you know log on on the website and like see like you know we had we sold ten geese overnight. You know like that's just crazy to me still. <laughs> so, well, so part of your brand that you built from the get go, it's the panda. Yes, it's part of it. So that represents gentle, fun, uh, cuddly, but also your customer service. What would you say are the other? Uh, attributes of your marketing and branding uh, that differentiate you from the competition um, because the e market is it's very crowded right now and it's hard to really differentiate at times yeah I mean like, like a lot of it is like you know we try to give you guys value uh, I like you know posting technique videos from more guys like you know I shot a bunch of them myself uh, I'm very active uh, on the red like the reddit RBJJJ, RBJJ, and just like you know, being is being part of the community. Like you know, uh, we like we help out a few tournaments. Like we like you know have a few friend, friends that organize tournaments. Uh, we've been sponsored Tap Cancer Out for a long time. Just like you know, giving back to the community a little bit. That's why like you know I started like a sponsor team. Is I had like all these friends that were like you know, kick ass purple belts and brown belts. And they were like struggling to like make it to tournaments, and like they were struggling to buy geese for tournaments. Or like you know, like the geese will shrink and not be IBJJF legal anymore, and like you know that stuff. So like you know, like is being able to be in the position to help help some of my friends out was great. And now like you know, I can help out the BJJ community a little bit. All right, uh, Nelson. Um, yes, yes. Oh, sorry, just I it glitched a little bit there. A lot of lives of sponsoring. Um, how do you select who gets sponsored by Invert Gear? Because I'm sure you guys get a lot of inquiries from people from all around the world. Yeah, we get like about five a day. <laughs> so um, it's tough because you never know. Like you know, I've been I've been like closing my circle more and more. Uh, we got burned quite a few times. Like you know, was, uh, we'll send people like you know we'll send people gear and then. They will get like you know gear from another company, and you start wearing like the other guy's gear. Like you know, two weeks after, we send them stuff, and like you know that 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 bumps me out. But like at the same time, like some gee some gee companies have like these like lengthy contracts and like all this stuff for like the sponsor athletes. I'm not I'm not gonna force anyone to like you know wear gear. So like you know, so a lot of my stuff is kind of like handshake. So I'll, I'll, as long as like you know uh, mutually beneficial, it works out. We most of the people I sponsor now, I've met personally. Uh, I think 100%. I've I've trained with them, like you know, I met them at tournaments. I've seen them do well, and like eventually visited their school and roll with them. Uh, I would say, like you know, it's not as much as I know. I also like you know, we we've had like a few requests, and guys are great. Are like you know very good blue belts and purple belts and like you know world class level, but like you know they were they were not a good fit for the brand. Like you know they were like very brash or like you know uh, like you know like the stuff they were posting in social media was like a little offensive. We're like you know like 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 no like you know you you're not a good fit. Like I'm sorry. Like you know I like you like you know I met you like you're a cool dude, but like you know you're not a good fit for inverted gear. So like you know comp uh, competition. Results are not everything. Uh, we sponsor quite a few people that are not like you know world class level, but they're like you know part of the jiu jitsu community. They're good people. Uh, they create good content. Like you know they might be bloggers, or like you know they, uh, they create video content for the community. 
stuff like that, like you know, makes 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 a difference. Um, that's about it. I mean, like it's tough because it's like a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. But at this point, like you know, we're keeping the circle small. So most, like you know, most of the people we sponsor, I met personally, and like one of the things we're actively working on this year uh, is sponsoring more girls. So we we had how many, like four or five, and we're trying to bring that up to ten. So we contacted a few people, and like you know, we're gonna have I think we're up to eight now as of like this morning, and so like you know, we'll probably get like two more girls sponsored by the end of the year for next year. And uh, you mentioned this before, you were kind of burned by a few guys. Do you, even though it's a handshake deal, and even though it's people you personally rolled with, do you want exclusivity where when they take social media photos or when they compete, they're only wearing inverted gear where um, rash guards and kimonos were, is there flexibility in that? No, there's flexibility in that. Like, like you know, like like I said, like, you know, it's different, like, you know, person to person. But most of the guys that do sponsor is like, hey, like, you know, I don't ask for much. You just like you know, wear my gi when you compete. Send me a few pictures a month, like maybe a video of your of your tournament, and you know we'll post it on social media, give you guys exposure. You know, it helps you guys out when like you want to book seminars and stuff. But like yeah, like you know, I'm I'm fine if they want to put like other patches of other brands, There's, like a bunch of, like no gi brands now. They'll make gi, so like you know they want to put some patches on. As long as they're wearing or or gi is fine. Uh, like wearing other gis, that's that's when it gets iffy. Mm -hmm. I like you know I'm not. Like you know, this I'd rather, I'd rather like you know give put our effort and like you know help out somebody like you know like one like he's gonna appreciate the help instead of somebody like you know has like all these companies helping them out already. And some big companies, especially uh, companies that sponsor NASCAR, the NBA, NFL, they have hardcore analytics to measure their ROI. For yeah. you, uh, do you have a Different metrics for measuring your return on investment. We, we like like I'll, we we just started doing that a little bit. Like like now they'll have like custom links when they come into the website. Uh, a few of them have like their own like discount codes. Like we keep track of. But like you know, it's not about that. When for like the sponsor team right now, like you know, I don't really like you know it's it's more to like you know give back a little bit than like you know the return investment and whatever we do with them. You know, so like I had like I we barely keep track of it, as long as like you know we're like you know these guys are competing and like you know we're getting like you know, uh good feedback on them and like you know they're being they're being a good part of the community and like you know whatever they're doing, because like a lot of them like you know are not competing anymore, but we still sponsor them because like you know they have their own academies, uh they they travel around do seminars or like you know, create good content for the website. Uh, helps out. And um, around a year ago, two years ago, um, an emerging jujitsu apparel company, an MMA company, they used a strategy in Southern California where they just went to grassroots and went knocking on doors of major academies and started giving out free gear to the head instructors and not a sponsorship deal. But do you find better uh, success with sponsoring and any measurable ROI from sponsoring? Uh, we're partnering with inst head instructors or gym owners of big gyms than with athletes. Tell you, we th this is the thing. It's like there's like so many ways like companies do this. A, a lot of companies like say you're a sponsor and like all they're doing is giving you like a discount code. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we we really don't work with academies that much. 
Uh, the only academies I work with is like, sorry, my my dog's being like extra needy and like pawing me. I pet him. Uh, the only companies, like the only gyms we work with is like my friends' gyms. They're like, hey, like you know, can I can I get can I get a wholesale account? Because like for a long time we didn't have any wholesale accounts because. Like, you know, we had, like, small shipments, like 100, 200, 300 geese at the beginning, and they were selling out, like, you know, a week after they landed. I think, like, you know, until three months ago, we were, like, kind of in that cycle where, like, everything sold out pretty fast. So even if I wanted to, I wasn't able to, like, fulfill whole, uh, wholesale orders for people, and then they would get upset at me. So I was like, you know what, like, no more. Like, you know, a few people, like, you know, uh, Jared, my BGJ United, like, you know, he buys geese for me when he needs geese. Uh, my friend Chris Ulbrich buys geese for me when he needs them. Uh, my instructor in New Jersey and, like, you know, two, three more academies. Uh, like, that's it. Like, um, like, the wholesale side is not, like, you know, it's not what we do. And we're winding down. I want to make sure that we stay within the timelines that um, we agreed to. Um, cause I, I re and I really appreciate you coming on. But just wanted to wind end uh, with a few questions on just the product design because many people that start jujitsu and the common question I get is which gi should I buy? What what's the differentiation between the quality of gis and the type of gis um, available on a marketplace and what makes inverted different? Because I've had some gis where the collar starts wearing down within six months, they, um, the dye doesn't stick, um, and it become my navy gi also becomes purple. Uh, what are some key things that um, make Inverted Gears product better than its competitors or other geese out there in the marketplace? Well, uh, I would say like we have the fact that we use uh, they make their own weave, so we have a lot of control over uh, the process the cotton goes through in order to become the weave. So it's a lot. So like that's a big part. We have complete control over that. So like you know, our color is pretty good. I'm starting to have feedback again. Oh, all right. Is it all right now? Let me see. Yeah, that's good. Oh, <laughs> sorry. So oh, no worries. Like we we have one release. It's almost two years ago. Uh, the the Panda CS, which was like you know the purple the purple the purple on the gi like bled a little bit, and we had like you know. We made 400 geese, 40 geese bled, and like that was the only issue we ever had with uh, with like color bleeding. So like you know, everyone got replacements. Like you know, a different gi because like you know, we I didn't want to play like Russian roulette with those geese, and like that was that's the only issue we ever had with color bleeding. So like you know, our, our weaves are pretty good. Uh, the color stays on really well. Um, the gi has extra reinforcements that most companies don't do. The we have a giant gi bag where we, you don't need to be an origami master in order to put the gi back in the bag, which was a like you know most gi bags like a, a lot of companies have changed since the beginning like you know since when we started three years ago three years ago most gi bags like you you didn't know how they got the gi there in the first place, so after you got done training like you know folding that thing and fitting it back in the bag wasn't wasn't gonna happen. Um, the reinforcements. Uh, like you know, uh, the the collar the collar is a tank. It's not the thickest collar, but like you know, it's uh it's um the rips up material. So I I have geese from the first batch still, like you know, from three years ago, and the collar is still fine. Like you know, barely like you know, very little fraying. 
we've had like one guy email us about like the color frame in like three and a half years now. Like I have no idea how he even did it because like it would, I, I never seen issues with the color. Like those keys are tanks, especially the the two what we call it two point now. Like the the five fifty pearl weave that thing's a tank. Mm -hmm. And what are the big trends? Because uh, there are always uh, new textiles and new fashion trends. How do you stay on top of the different technological fashion and textile trends in gear development? Uh, like you know, I train. I train every day. So whenever like you know, you, you have the the jujitsu hipster at the gym, it always has like the newest gear. So you always see what's coming out. Uh, I'm I'm on top of it, like you know, I, I go on Reddit all the time, so I see like you know cool stuffs coming out. Uh, but like you know, hemp and bamboo and like you know all these uh, cotton alternatives are becoming more popular. So like you know, we have our own little line of the bamboo. We've like or or ours is like 70% bamboo, 30% cotton. Just uh, like you know, using the internet. Stay on top of things. The factory is always emailing us when they have like new stuff coming out, a new weave, or like you know, new process they're trying out. If you want to check it out, and then like you know, if you look at it back, like uh, let's see, like you see that like you know, if you look here, that's all samples. Mm -hmm. So like you know, we always try new stuff out. Um, we actually like trying to make Kurtkes for Sambo. So we go into some, we go and we go into some stuff. It's always like you know, new projects we're working on. Uh, we made like that really thick gi last year, uh, panda armor. We still have a few pieces left. We sold most of it. Like you know, we all uh, a lot of the old school guys me miss the old school like you know double wave gis, like the really heavy gis. Yeah. And that was something we got like you know people would request all the time. Perfect for weight cutting. Ah, dude, like I, I have like you know, I remember like training at judo gym. Like you know, everybody wears like the super thick judo gis. I have nightmares. I remember like you know, like getting like. Uh, Collar grips to like choke somebody like a clock choke or something. I, like you know my like the gibi is so thick like I, I couldn't grab it. So it, I'm glad like you know the the trend went the other way towards lighter gis. I think uh what's it called uh the Balkans like ultra lights. Those were like super popular around like 2006 uh, 2007 2008 when I started. So like everyone got got used to like these super light gis. So. It's a good thing for like you know my I have my hands are bad enough as it is so I don't need to be battling this like super thick geese all the time. <laughs> and part of your success is in Inverg years now that you have distribution with many different uh, martial arts retailers online brick and mortar. How do you guys break into that outside of your own uh, website in terms of distribution? I kind of like took like a backdoor to that I guess. Uh, one of my friends like all train uh, training partners uh, like my. Again, my friend Dave, he when he went to college, he was like uh, living in North Jersey, so, so he started training in North Jersey, and I would I would go there like cross train all the time, like on Saturdays I would just drive up and train with those guys, and one of those guys I used to train with uh, works at BDG HQ. His name is George, mm -hmm. and when I started the gear company, like you know, I just like you know had some geese left over from like you know for, uh, I forget what batch it was, like second or third batch at this time. I was like, hey, George, blah, 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 like, you know, I know you work at BGHQ, like, would you guys be interested in, like, you know, having a sale on these guys? And we had, like, the first sale, everything went, then, like, you know, a second one, and then by the third one, they started, like, ordering stuff, like, you know, three months in advance, and that's how we started working with BGHQ. 
and then like you know they have like all their all their partner websites like Roll More and uh, Martial Arts Supplies, and now uh, Roll More UK carries our stuff too. That's like our European retailer. Uh, we have a we have a Korean retailer, etc. Seoul, and they just emailed us. Like it's a weird thing. Like we're really popular in in uh, Korea. Something like 80% of the website traffic is from the United States, and then after that is like 6% is from South Korea. Well, it's Korea, South Korea is a combat sport country. They're big on Taekwondo, Judo, MMA is growing with the Korean Zombie and also Stun Gun Kim. And other, you're seeing a lot of guys um, emerge in the mixed martial arts community from there. And Jiu-Jitsu, um, just since I, because I trained with some South Koreans, it's very popular. I actually live in Koreatown, Los Angeles. Okay. It's, you know, it is definitely a fighting culture over there in South Korea. And on top of that, who doesn't love pandas, especially Asians? So that's, my, that's what I'm saying. Not a bad problem to have. Nelson. No. So yeah, you know, little by little, you just like a lot, like you know, a lot of it was like you know, all the people reaching out to us. We like you know, we just became popular enough where like people started emailing like you know, whatever their favorite website they were used to like you know, doing business with to carry or stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, Nelson, um, we're wrapping uh, up the podcast right now just because I want to get you out. I told you we'd do a hard wrap at 12.45 p.m. It's actually 12.46 p.m. Um, again, I just want to thank you for sharing your story and your business insight. I think a lot of people out there with dreams of and trying to figure out how they could leverage their love of BJJ into a potential business opportunity can really learn a lot from you. Um, hopefully we answer some of the questions that you received from uh, people on Facebook or through email. Um, and just a few key takeaways is follow your dreams, follow your passions, have great customer service, build relationships, um, and also not just follow the market trends and just really follow your heart and what you believe is right in the business. Is that fair to say? I would, I would think so. Like, you know, definitely we all have like you know our own unique vision of what like you know what we want to do and and where a lot of, like you know I see like I've had friends like ask me about like you know how to start your your gear company like you know for like four years now ever since I started my own and out of like you know I have a conversation with people like you know like this kind of conversation like how it started and like how it all went with like ten friends out of the ten like one followed through with it and has his own brand but everybody else kind of like you know a lot of people I've seen get stuck in the planning stage, and you know it's it, like they like yeah, there's a lot of uh, key companies out there, but there's also like you know it's a big market and it's getting bigger every day. Like you know MMA is becoming more and more popular, and jujitsu is like the most accessible part of MMA. Like you know not all of us have a job where like you just have a black eye, you know. So jujitsu is getting bigger and bigger, and you just need like you know that little slice of the pie. You know, you're not you're not gonna become a millionaire, but you can make a nice living out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, again, thank you very much for your time, Nelson. Great story, and we wish you continued success with the growth of Inverted Gear. Great product. Um, how could someone uh, get to your website? Oh, uh, invertedgear.com. Mm-hmm. And is there uh, anything else you'd like to plug? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, is there anything else you'd like to plug as well? Uh any sales or? Well, we, we're going to have a big, like, Black Friday is coming up, so we're going to have a big sale that entire week. We're not going to wait until Friday this year. We're going to start on Monday. Awesome. Like, so, Go ahead. Oh, sorry to interrupt, Nelson. So basically, the week of November 23rd, 
It's yeah. uh, going to be a full-on Christmas season, holiday season shopping starts yep. then at invertedgear.com. Yep. Pick up your jujitsu gear for yourself or the ones you love in your life and have a go at it. It's uh, We really do appreciate the time, Nelson, and um, very inspiring story and wish you again continued success. Thank you so much for your time, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks. And.